When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. A to play fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.fantasy. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Hello and welcome in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. Give us that five-star review. really helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and it is a Tuesday night, which means we got the primetime recap. We got my heroes and zeros of the previous week, and then we finally move forward to week 13 to continue to try to find ways to get better with the waiver saviors all jam-packed in tonight's show. Week 13, two regular season games left. It is playoff mode for a lot of teams out there already. We're not even waiting until then. It's already do or die time. And we'll try to find some values for you guys because at this point, most leagues anyway have probably passed their trade deadline. So literally the only way you can potentially get better is if you're able to find some gems on the waiver wire. Of course, that'll be later on the show. We still have to finish off recapping week 12 and what lessons we have to take with us but before we do that we still have our thumpers and bummers for the primetime matchups let's let's go ahead and uh 
hit those for us first. Quarterback thumpers. This is Sparta! Jalen Hurts. How about Jalen Hurts? The guy had 157 yards rushing compared to 153 yards passing. He had more rushing yards than passing in this game. He just took off. I think he had 100 yards in the first quarter of play. It was just one big run after another. Like the Green Bay Packers didn't realize this quarter, like Jalen Hurts wasn't going to run. He's not a mobile quarterback or something. It was so weird. Of course, we'll get into more about the running game later on, but he also tacks on two passing touchdowns to boost that output. It gives you one of the best performances of the week thus far. There weren't really any quarterback bummers necessarily because, well, you weren't really playing Matt Ryan or Kenny Pickett or Aaron Rodgers in one quarterback leagues with nobody on by anyway. So we can go ahead and skip right into the running back thumpers. Running back thumpers. This is Sparta! Miles Sanders, when I say the Eagles ran all over the Green Bay Packers, I mean they ran all over the Green Bay Packers. He had 143 yards on the ground. I, Sanders is somebody that we're going to talk about a little bit more in the insights of the game, but two touchdowns to go along with that 143-yard performance. You got a very nice treat on Sunday night, and dare I say, even probably got a Sunday night miracle out of that kind of performance there wide receiver thumpers this is Sparta! fortunately all the other running backs you've been depending upon between these four teams while some of the other running backs didn't necessarily go off like miles sanders did nobody really bummed you out everybody still had a decent game that you were counting on so none of these guys make the bummer list that's the good news so we move on to the wide receivers where Christian Watson, and I got my hats off to him. I did not think he would be able to have this kind of performance. Four catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown, getting a 63-yard bomb against this Philadelphia Eagles secondary, which has been one of the toughest all-around secondaries in the NFL. No, maybe they don't have Patrick Sertan, but they have three great corners across the board. Charlie Garner got a little bit banged up in this one, but still... Christian Watson able to make a big play happen. Of course, we have some other things I'll talk about now moving forward. But if you picked him up, you have to be super happy with the performance he gave you here. Because if you had to play him, I didn't necessarily even want to play him. I am as a wide receiver three. And what's a really hard match on paper, we've watched top-notch wide receivers just fall against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary this season. That did not wind up being the case. And Watson now establishing himself as somebody that, you know what? You might just... He might be a little boomer bust, but you might just have to take that risk after all because it doesn't seem to matter now what the matchup is going to be for him. We did have some wide receiver bummers, unfortunately. Wide receiver bummers. The emergence of Christian Watson has led to the disappearance of Alan Lazard. I still think ultimately he's the number one pass catcher, number one targeted guy, I guess I should say, of the Packers, typically speaking, moving forward. But now Christian Watson establishing himself as a red zone threat, taking that away from Lazard being the lead lead guy. Well, Lazard's no longer a top 24 wide receiver in my book 
moving forward. He has to be considered more of a wide receiver three, losing some of his value, especially the touchdown potential that he was supposed to have coming into the week. And then the other wide receiver bummer, we fast forward to Monday night. Finally, we got somebody to mention there, and that's Paris Campbell. Ugh, he had a horrible performance in this one, only picking up three targets on two catches and 14 yards. It all went to Michael Pittman. It all went to the guy who's going to be our next thumper on our list to talk about, too. Paris Campbell, somebody we were to kind of depending upon, especially in full point PPR leagues, give us you know top 30-ish type performances. And now it's it's getting a little bit more shaky of what it is you can actually expect as this Colts team on a week-in, week-out basis, in particular, Paris Campbell. We'll get into more of that later during the insight notes of the game. Tight end thumpers. This is Sparta! I know this didn't help anybody because nobody was playing Jelani Woods. With Kyle Granson out, Woods came in and had a hell of a day. Eight catches, 98 yards on nine targets, was the second most targeted receiver, but the number one productive pass catcher for the Indianapolis Colts. Go figure. We've seen this song and dance before. Don't get suckered in because you can never trust an Indianapolis Colts tight end because likely as soon as everybody's healthy, go right back to being a three-man committee for absolutely no reason whatsoever. It doesn't really matter who the head coach is either or who's calling the plays. Titans, Titan rotation, that just seems to be part of the gig of being an Indianapolis Colt, apparently. So don't get carried away with this performance. But Jelani Woods, the rookie, it was definitely nice to see a guy who has some upside, whose talent I did like coming out of college, being able to have a good game in this one. So keep your eye on it, but we're not really going to worry about him as far as week 13 is concerned. We did have a tight end bummer. Tight end bummers. Pat Fryermuth, who'd actually be started becoming one of the most, if not the most, dependable pass catcher of the Steelers as far as what his volume typically is. And, well, what we saw in this game is that the volume did not have to go out of control because the Steelers were able to maintain a lead throughout the entirety of this game. And that usually takes away quite a bit of volume for these pass catchers to be fantasy relevant because the volume has to be had because it's not efficient. It's not going down the field. So for Pat Fryermuth, somebody you're starting to depend upon as a top five tight end because the tight end position is so putrid and so inconsistent. He's been one of the more consistent guys since Kenny Pickett has taken over. Yeah, only four targets, three catches, 39 yards. Does this change his value moving forward? No, it doesn't. But he just had one of his those typical bad tight end days where there's just not much you can really do about it other than just be disappointed and know that you probably still have to play him as a top-notch tight end because I doubt you're going to have a better option if you have Pat Fryermuth on your team to begin with moving forward. But that does it for our thumpers and bummers of the primetime matchups. Let's get into our notes of those games. So first up, we go to, we got the Sunday night game. We mentioned our big performance, right? We mentioned Jalen Hurts. We mentioned Miles Sanders. We mentioned Christian Watson. And, of course, the disappointment of Alan Lazard, who we still had ranked ahead of Christian Watson heading into this game. And that may no longer be the case. But for the Packers, everything got thrown up in the air in a Sunday night matchup. Everything. Because nothing matters, nothing in this game of what happened and shook down and rotation and snaps, none of it matters. Because the only thing that matters now is Aaron Rodgers' injury. It got listed with an oblique, looked like it was probably a rib. We'll have to see exactly what happens 
moving forward, the the initial statements out of the Green Bay Packers coaching staff, it sounds like Roger still has a pretty decent chance to suit up and play week 13, and we'll know more as the week continues. Make sure you're following us at at Philip MDFF show on social media. We'll try to keep you guys up to date there in, in real time. And of course we have our, our look ahead Wednesday and our clairvoyant Thursday shows. where We'll talk to Brian Scott in the more detail about the injury there too. But if he can't play and it's Jordan love, we're not just talking about the wide receivers becoming bench worthy immediately, no matter who they're playing. But then we have to talk about Aaron Jones. And what does that mean? Can he really be valued as anything more than a flex? Because Jordan Love takes over at the quarterback position. An already bad Packer offense gets worse. I don't even know how they're going to move the ball consistently. On one hand, they might feed Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon more and just really lean in the running game. That That's potential. And that volume might be able to save you as far as they're concerned, or Aaron Jones in particular is concerned. But man, these wide receivers, the up-and-comingness of Christian Watson, the... You know, the value that in theory would be there with an Alan Lazard as the top targeted wide receiver of the team, all that disappears. So we have to wait and see if Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to play. Otherwise, there's really nothing else to take out of this game for the Green Bay Packers. If he does play, then Watson, like I said, is establishing himself as somebody that you kind of have to play and, you know, see if you hit that home run because it's been so inc- he's been so consistent since he's gotten healthy and Romeo Dobbs has been out of the picture of getting touchdowns. You can't pass up on a guy who has seven touchdowns in, over the last three games. You just can't do it. And then, you know, with everybody else, with Alan Lazard, you get to play them or at least contemplate it in the flex. Aaron Jones, you know, he'll be he'll be able to move the ball a little bit consistently. He'll get his opportunities for touchdowns and his involvement in the passing game as well. So it's all a trickle-down effect. Aaron Rodgers has to play. The only thing I'll, I'll point out here is A.J. Dillon had his best game of the season because he had eight carries, 64 yards, finally an efficient day, and finally got into the end zone the first time since week one, too. I'm not reading too much into that. A.J. Dillon's not suddenly going to be a flex option for me moving forward, but what this does tell you is that even with the signing of Linval Joseph, even with the signing of Ndamukong Sue, without Jordan Davis, you can continue to run on this Eagles defense. So look look for those matches. Don't shy away from Philadelphia until Jordan Davis comes back on the running back side. On the Eagles side, though, we talked about Jalen Hurts having a big game, and Sanders... Huge game here. He is just, uh, he's just, he's a boomer bust RB2. Like, I don't know any situation you're going to have to take Miles Sanders out of your lineup, but you do know that, hey, you know what? If he doesn't score that day, because Kenneth Gainwell, who also got a touchdown in this one, has to always get his carries and his touches, and Boston Scott, to a lesser degree, has to get worked into some level. They have these games where it suddenly becomes full-blown two- to three-man committees on top of having to share rushing games with Jalen Hurts. Rare are you going to see a situation like this where both Hurts and Miles Sanders can have the rushing production they both did at the same time. It doesn't happen very often. So there's a lot of games in which you know, Sanders gets lost in a shuffle. And while he's always efficient, he might not always get the 12 to 15 touches. He might not always get the red zone looks. So you're going to have frustrating performances, but there's no way you could take him out of your lineup because they do actually feed him the ball like they did in this game. He can put up numbers. He can put up production. He's always been a good running back. He's always been an efficient running back. 
Injury and volume have been his Achilles heel. No pun intended with the injuries. So you have to continue to play him. Nothing really changes there. Just know what you're in for. Maybe look for a more steady flex play and a less boom or bust hit, knowing that you're already taking your home run swing there with a Miles Sanders. The only thing I'll add here is that when it comes to Jalen Hurts, he only threw the ball 28 times in this game and only for 153 yards. It's kind of led to the wide receivers being a, a bit disappointing. Like A.J. Brown gets a touchdown, so he kind of saves your fantasy day a bit, but six targets. Devonta Smith has nine. That's fine. But four catches and 50 yards. The, the production for the wide receivers, since Dallas Goddard's gotten injured, has been disappointing because we're anticipating, okay, they'll have maybe a consolidation even more so around around the two wide receivers. And technically speaking, from a target share standpoint, that has been the case. But what also has been the case is the Eagles have decided to go more run-heavy since Dallas Goddard's gotten injured. So even though their target share might be up, the targets overall are about the same. And they're playing more conservative. They're not taking as many shots down the field. It's not as much play action, go deep, be aggressive. They're playing a little more conservatively over the past few weeks. I don't know why Dallas Goddard makes you more conservative, but that's what the case has been for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's undeniable. So it's been a little bit disappointing. It will be interesting next week, though, when we go to against the Tennessee Titans and A.J. Brown's in a revenge game situation in a match in which he should have an opportunity to dominate. So we'll get to see exactly what happens then. But just, you know, just been a little bit disappointing with the fact that the volume should be more consolidated around the two. Not changing my ways. Obviously, A.J. Brown, wide receiver one. Devonta Smith, still somebody I think you can play around that low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three category. But interesting to see when Dallas Goddard comes back, maybe we're talking about Devonta Smith as a eh, a floor flex play and nothing more. Because he, he won that hot streak in the middle of the season. He really hasn't done much to that level since, even though the volume has been there. Let's move into the Monday night game with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts. So big thing right off the top of the Steelers, uh, Najee Harris gets hurt, abdomen injury. Jalen Warren was already out of this game dealing with the hamstring, although it sounded like next week should be on the table for Jalen Warren. So if he's available in your waiver wire, you might want to go ahead and pick him up because now we don't know what the status of Najee Harris is going to be. He got ruled out pretty quickly after the injury in this game. The good news is, is that he got you a touchdown, and he looked like he was on his way to a decent day because the volume was back in his hands with Jalen Warren out of the way. Now, Najee's gone. Jalen Warren's gone. What happens? We see Benny Snell make a return. And, you know, Benny Snell was good. 5.2 yards of carry and got a touchdown. I'm telling you right now, even if Jalen Warren and Najee Harris both miss, not a chance in hell am I going to pick up and play Benny Snell. We've already seen this happen way too many times. If he doesn't fall into the end zone, he's absolutely worthless. Plain and simple. Even Anthony McFarlane got elevated off the practice squad and got six carries in this game as a result, too. I'm not touching it unless it's Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. I'm not touching the backfield of Pittsburgh Steelers, period. But Jalen Warren, like I said, I don't. The vibe that we were getting is that he wasn't that far away from being able to play in this game. So take a look at him in your waiver wires, uh, and we'll talk more about that, of course, in the last segment of today's show, the waiver saviors. So that was the first note. The other one is that George Pickens, man, he made another amazing catch. His crazy acrobatic catches in traffic are insane, and it really shows off the type of talent. 
he could potentially have. But the problem he runs into is Kenny Pickett's the quarterback and probably will be the quarterback come next season. Now, I know people in this game, there was already a narrative coming out as soon as the game was over. Like, oh, Kenny Pickett has one of his best games, the pro. He played clean. He didn't turn the ball over, and he was 20 of 28. So he was had a high completion percentage. Okay, cool. He didn't lose them the game. He didn't do anything special. 28 pass attempts, only 174 yards. Not, it, it's Captain Checkdown City when it comes to Kenny Pickett. At least with Pickens, he'll take a shot once in a while. But from a fantasy standpoint, the fact that the Steelers have C.J. Watt back and they're able to play in some of the more competitive games as of late because their defense isn't getting lit up the way it was with T.J. Watt out, well, it's actually kind of hurting us a lot fantasy-wise because since there's no big plays and since Kenny Pickett's not very talented, the volume is the key when it comes to guys like George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth. They're not going to get big plays, generally speaking. They have to have the volume in order to survive. Because it's it's pulling teeth trying to get Kenny Pickett to actually throw a touchdown. I don't think he has more than, what, one in any given game so far this season and multiple games like this one where he's had zero. It's like pulling teeth trying to get those touchdowns. So the volume has to be the name of the game. You need the Steelers to get in more negative game scripts. But now with their defense still playing the way it is, when they play teams that are of, of equal value, like the Indianapolis Colts, it's likely they'll keep these things close. And that's kind of what, on the flip side, has led to like guys like Najee Harris getting back to the volume they were getting when we wanted them to be fantasy relevant. But now that he's banged up, we'll have to see how this whole thing is able to play out and who's going to be available. I mean, same song, different day for Deontay Johnson, leads the team in targets, but who cares? Gets like 50 yards on five catches. And we already talked about Pat Firemuth having a disappointing day. On the flip side, you go to the Colts. Uh, the good news here, Jonathan Taylor continuing to get his 80 yards and a touchdown three weeks in a row. So he's really come through in a big way, finally getting back to being an RB1 and fantasy relevant. Michael Pittman, who had 11 targets and seven catches and 61 yards and actually got a touchdown, he's he's pushing closer and closer to being a top 24 receiver again in my book with Matt Ryan back and the volume, the floor that he gets. We're not talk, he's not going to be much more than a low-end wide receiver, too, because he doesn't have the ceiling. He just doesn't. With Matt Ryan throwing the ball, there's not much of a ceiling to be had. The big plays aren't there, and typically speaking, touchdowns aren't necessarily a thing we're banking on either. It's, it's volume. It's kind of like the Steelers. You're banking on the volume, giving him a safe enough floor. In your full-point PPR leagues, you know he is a candidate to get like 10 catches in a game. Might only be for 70 yards, but he is a candidate to do that. So maybe you get a good performance that way. When we do this show, we're talking about it from a half-point PPR standpoint. So kind of have that middle ground there. But at least with Pittman and Taylor, two guys who look like they're on their way to being, you know, fantasy irrelevant for the rest of the season since Jeff Saturday and Matt Ryan have come back in. At least these guys can actually be plugged back into your lineups again. <laughs> it's still not as great as you would have wanted it to be, but it's a far cry from what it was starting to look like before. Then we talk about Campbell. I'm only interested in Campbell as a wide receiver three in a full point PPR league and half point PPR. Eh. Cause he's so dependent on the volume. Matt Ryan's such a check down quarterback. Can't hit the big play. And while I know he got on that little bit of a streak there, like for three games with Ryan under center, he got the touchdowns. That's not something we come to know in Paris Campbell to be 
necessarily. And it was kind of surprising me the Colts were trailing most of this game and had to mount a huge comeback in the second half for him to only walk away with three targets was surprising. Typically speaking, he had been the second most targeted pass catcher, and that's where Jelani Woods, who went out with nine targets, is kind of he kind of winds up stealing the show and stealing what would have been Paris Campbell's stat line, or what should have been Paris Campbell's stat line. Not something I think is going to actually be consistent moving forward. So he has some value to me still. But it's really only in an emergency flex play at this point. And that's all the notes I have for these two games. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to take a quick break. We come back on the other side. We'll talk about my heroes and zeros of the week, or otherwise my right and wrong calls. And then we got the waiver saviors for you guys coming up. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-to-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in once again to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for watching us live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe that we get notified whenever we have new content available to you. Make sure you're just tuning in Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, especially now that the holiday is over. We're back on track on our normal schedule. Make sure you're downloading us on your favorite podcast app. We're widely available to you guys. And give us that five-star review wherever you do subscribe and download us at, because that can really help us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. It is a Tuesday night. We just talked about our primetime recap, thumpers and bummers, or notes of the game. Now it's time to get into our heroes and zeros. And, of course, we have the waiver savers coming up for you guys in the next segment. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting time of the year. I can't believe this, this season just flew by. I think more I think more so, and I, I know that, like, every year people talk about, like, oh, when you get to this time of year, like, oh, everything just felt like it flew by. Like, it flew by. But this year, for some reason, I can't quite put my finger on it. And if you have a comment on it, go ahead and comment in. But 
it felt like this year flew by a lot faster than most. I can't quite, don't really know why. Just it just did. At least at least for me, it did anyway. Hopefully, it's going well for you guys too. Especially if you've been watching and listening to the show, we got you on the right track for the playoffs. But we do have to hold myself accountable. Don't get every call right, unfortunately. I wish I could, but it's impossible to do so. But I do get some right, too. So let's go ahead and check out our Heroes and Zeros of the Week. Dan's Heroes and Zeros. Well, let's start off with that quarterback position. Quarterback Heroes. How about Tua Tagalavoa? Now, this is actually a uh, a hero in a kind of a negative-ish way. Now, I have to say the good news is that if Tua's floor game is 299 yards and a touchdown, that's not overly bad. But a lot of people still had Tua Tagalavoa ranked inside their top five, and I was not one of those people. Going up against Houston Texans, it didn't quite work out the way that I definitively thought it would because I thought it would be a lot more Jeff Wilson dominating this game, the defense dominating this game, and therefore, too, it just didn't have to do too much. Well, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Jeff Wilson didn't dominate this game, even though he gets a touchdown. The defense, however, did. So the Dolphins still... Didn't have to do too much through the air to attack Laveau, who I had five spots lower than the ECR because I had him ranked at QB nine. Just to reflect that, it's still you're still going to start him, but just reflect the fact that his ceiling maybe not as high going into this game because you can just do whatever you want to Houston Texans defensively and on the ground that passing games just aren't needed as much. A lot of times you're going to be in pro game scripts heading in the second half. It makes it disappointing because it's not a matchup you're terrified of. It's just the fact that the game flow always seems to go one way. And it was no different here with Tua. So it winds up being one of my right calls of the week. But I had some bad ones, too. Quarterback zeros. So I thought for sure Geno Smith would be a top four quarterback, right? I thought for sure that the Raiders-Seattle game would be one of the shootouts of the week. And it was. 
but not really because Geno Smith lit it up. And I was aggressive. He, you know, ECR had him at QB nine. I was five spots ha- higher. I had him inside the top four for quarterbacks. And just, nah, just didn't quite pan out that way. He was still a starter. He was still a QB one. But he didn't hit the, I really thought in this game against the Raiders, him and DK Metcalf would hit the big play. It didn't really happen. Metcalf actually turned into like a PPR volume wide receiver out there. Geno Smith has not hit the big play now in over a month. Something to kind of think about. Something that has changed with this Seattle team. Part of it's Kenneth Walker. They leaned on him a little bit more and getting the running game going. It's also partly Geno's not taking shots like he was earlier in the season. Seems to be back more on his heels a little bit, playing the not to lose the game, play it safe kind of role, play it check down. And they're losing a little bit of their over-the-top firepower as a result to that. It's still good. It's still efficient. It's still productive. It just doesn't quite have the same ceiling. So I wound up being a bad call by me to think that Geno Smith would be a top-four quarterback and a guy that I played heavily in DFS lineups this past week. Quarterback heroes. I did say Justin Herbert just needs one guy back. I was like, that's all he needs. He just needs one guy back, and you can go back to trusting him as a top eight quarterback at the very least. And he did just that. Keenan Allen is there. Justin Herbert has a good game, finishes a top eight guy. I know it's been ugly at times. There's been a lot of QB2 finishes. He's, I think he's QB11 on the year. I get it. He's not giving you back the return of which you drafted him to be. But I think now that Keenan Allen's back in the mix, he's got a better chance to be that guy, and you can go back to starting him with confidence, I believe at least, moving forward and getting one of my right calls here of the week. Quarterback zeros. Yeah, again, I was I was a little too aggressive here on Joe Burrow. A couple spots ahead, I had him inside my top five quarterbacks, and I didn't care if Jamar Chase did or did not play in this game. The offense have been running through him. With no Joe Mixon, I figured, well, the volume will probably be there. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. And just once again, that offensive line showing you when they play against defenses that can, can get pressure kind of makes hard. It makes it hard for him to do anything, especially take those big plays. But Jamar Chase will be back next week in what could likely be a shootout matchup with Kansas City. I think Joe Burrow will be just fine moving forward, but I was a little too aggressive on him this week. Running back heroes. Did not hesitate with Rashad White being a running back hero for me this week. Had him inside my top 10. That was five spots higher than the ECR, which had him at 15. It was against Cleveland with no letter for net. I know what Rashad White is. He's a tremendously talented player who's going to can do it all. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can fully play the Leonard Fournette role, but do it better because he can actually move. He actually has explosiveness in his game. And that's what I think he proved. Now, when Fournette comes back, he's still going to be heavily involved. I do think this goes back to being a two-man committee, but the more time Fournette misses, I think Rashad White moving forward might be the quote-unquote at least starter getting the 55-45, 60-40 split in his favor, even if Leonard Fournette does return with performances like this. So Rashad White, a big hero for me this week. Running back zeros. 
You know, I should have known better. And I did know better. I actually had Alva Kamara ranked as an RB3 at the beginning of this week. And I thought to myself, like, no, 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 no. He's Alva Kamara. Like, he's too talented. There's a good chance Saints have to come back from behind. He'll get peppered in garbage time, which to an extent he did, but it still just didn't amount to much. <laughs> I don't know what to do with Alva Kamara. It's been, he's only scored in one game where he had three touchdowns. Get, him getting 12 opportunities seems to be almost impossible to get, like even hit that number, which is beyond dumb. When you look at the state of the, the Saints offense, you have Chris Olave and Alva Kamara and what? So why is it so hard to get Kamara over 12 touches in a game? It doesn't make any sense. But that's what we've been dealing with. That's been the problem. Taysom Hill needs to get the ball more. No! Alma Kamara needs to get the ball more. So I'm sorry. I should have known better against San Francisco and the way the Saints have been calling plays, which is beyond horrendous so far this season. And should have known to keep him as an RB3 or as a guy. Because now we have to ask a question, I believe, moving forward. Is Alma Kamara truly a top 24 running back? Because with the way the Saints use him, I don't know if the answer is yes. And that's regardless of his health, which might not be 100% heading into next week. So, sorry, that was a bad call by me. Running back heroes. I said early and often, Aaron Jones is an every other week player. And I had him ranked at 11, which was five spots higher than the ECR this week. And he came through with the touchdown and the 56 yards through the air to give him nearly 100 yards from scrimmage, even though he only had 12 carries on the day. Every other week, Aaron Jones finds a way to come through with a good fantasy football performance and just keep harping on the idea that right now the Philadelphia Eagles are not a detriment to the running back position. So that was a good call by me there. Running back zeros. Yeah, the Christian McCaffrey thing is is just mind-boggling. So he had some neat irritation, so maybe that's why they hold him out in the fourth quarter and have him split with, you know, Jordan Mason of all people because Elijah Mitchell gets knocked out, and of course now we have the word. He's out for another six to eight weeks with another MCL sprain. So even if you have Elijah Mitchell on a committee, apparently he's going to hurt his knee at some point. That seems to be what the given is at this point. So basically what that means is that for the rest of the regular season, Christian McCaffrey owners don't have to worry about Elijah Mitchell anymore. And that could be a good thing as long as he's 100% healthy. The problem is that San Francisco seems to be all far too comfortable with treating Christian McCaffrey with kid gloves whenever possible. In this game, 13-0 is not a big enough score to think that you can really truly just not have to use Christian McCaffrey, but... I will say because the Saints offense has been so bad and we're so dominated by the 49ers defense, it never really felt like the game was in question, even though they didn't blow them out. Basically, with McCaffrey owners, you need these games to be close and back and forth. And now with Elijah Mitchell out of the way, that will help. A game against Miami coming up, I think things will rebound because that likely will be a close back and forth game. But man, oh man. To not think with all the draft capital they gave up and with what we saw the first game out of Christian McCaffrey, it would get down to the point where getting him even double-digit touches would be in question. 
I don't think that's the issue moving forward, but oh, ugly call to put him inside my top five this week. Knowing even then, knowing that Elijah Mitchell would be a factor, but just I was not prepared for Christian McCaffrey to be protected with such kid gloves in this game. So I'm sorry, bad call by me there. Wide receiver heroes. Yeah, so Van Jefferson, <laughs> I had him ranked at wide receiver 39. So this isn't even like. Oh, yeah, I took my shot on Van Jefferson. Woohoo! Didn't have him inside my top 36, but just more of a, a wide receiver for flex play that you could consider, knowing that he's the best wide receiver they had the offer with Allen Robinson out of the way. And, you know, he plays the slot. He, he plays inside, outside. He has some juice. I was 19 spots ahead of ECR on this. They had him ranked at wide receiver 58. I'm like, look, I know Bryce Perkins is the quarterback, but somebody on the Rams is going to have to catch the ball at some point. Somebody has to do something offensively. And for me and my money, that person is likely to be Van Jefferson. And it was. He's got a touchdown. So eh, that wound up being a sneaky good call by me there. And one, they don't really seem to be that drastically different all that often. Wide receiver zeros. Why would I ever think that with Kyle Pitts out of the way, Drake London would actually get target hogged? Why did I ever think that's a possibility? Knowing Arthur Smith, what does he believe in the least? Featuring anybody in any kind of significant way for volume purposes. Alamid Zacchaeus, I am sorry. I did not realize Alamid Zacchaeus would be the big beneficiary of Cal Pitts being out of the way. <laughs> Drake London's right back to where we had him before. A wide receiver four who, frankly, I'd rather not play if I can at all help it. Even in a game like this, he doesn't get the ball. Three targets, that's it. Sorry, I should have known better that with Arthur Smith, no one is allowed to touch the ball all that often. That was a horrible call on my part to put him inside my top 30. Wide receiver heroes. Again, this is another uh, right call by me, but it's in a negative light, and that was Gabriel Davis. I know the matchup on paper was Detroit, but I kept saying, like, look, it's so boomer bust. He's not scoring touchdowns at the same clip that we thought he would. He's not getting featured in the way that we thought he might. He's out there all the time, but it doesn't really seem to matter because that's not where the targets go. He's only there to get targeted on very specific routes and very specific moments of the game, and that's it. So I had Gabriel Davis 13 spots lower. ECR had him at wide receiver 14, and I'm sitting there going, based on what? Just because Detroit? He's not getting targeted enough to be that confident to make him a, that high of a wide receiver too. He hasn't been involved in the offense enough. So I'm all the way down at wide receiver 27, making him a wide receiver three, and maybe that would have changed your thought process if you followed my rankings on BillyFantasySports.com. Wide receiver zeros. Yeah, I say that about Gabriel Davis, but there's plenty of guys I was wrong about too. Oh, like Tyler Boyd. It felt like a broken record every time Jamar Chase doesn't play. I said, you can, you can play Tyler Boyd. And I wind up breaking him inside my top 24 most times. And I don't know if Joe Burrow is just conditioned mentally not to look his way. 
and that he's just that extra receiver out there who has talent, but only if he's super wide open do you ever bother to go to him. But apparently that is the case. It doesn't really matter now. Jamar Chase is going to be back anyway, so you weren't going to play him regardless. But I should have known better than to make him a wide receiver too and should have had him as a flex play at tops. Once again, Tyler Boyd just being disappointing given the talent and the offense every given week. Tight end heroes. The one guy did say you could play as a top 12 guy with no Jamar Chase out there it was Hayden Hurst. And I actually had a couple questions pertaining to Hayden Hurst and told you guys to play him. And that part actually worked out okay. When you're trying to figure out some of these streaming options at tight end, trying to pinpoint guys, it's hard to do. So when we do have right calls like that, I like to point them out because it hits a headache otherwise. Tight end zeros. I really did not think this one was going to miss. Gerald Everett, we knew Mike Williams wasn't going to play in this game against the Arizona Cardinals, who are terrible against the tight end. And Gerald Everett walks away with a four-catch, 18-yard performance. I wasn't ready for that. Was not ready for that. And I'm sorry if my aggressive top eight ranking made you feel uber confident about going after him and playing him in a particular league, maybe over somebody who wound up having a better day. Because I know I definitely led people down that path, and oh, it wasn't the path to go down. Tight end heroes. I did plant my flag and say, hey, I am ranking Foster Moreau as a top 10 tight end this week. Seattle's the only team that's worse than Arizona. When it comes to the tight end position, I was like, it's just going to take one touchdown. That's all it's going to take. It's going to take one touchdown. And that's why I had him ranked inside my top 10 because I thought it was a pretty good chance. And he even talked about him on the Cashing Friday show for our DFS leagues as, as well because I had him at $3,400 in my DraftKings lineup. So Foster Moreau, one of my nice calls of the week there. Tight end zeros. Yeah, to wrap up our heroes and zeros segment, Greg Dolchich, who have been consistently ranking as a low-end tight end one, those days might be over. At this point, I want nothing to do with the Denver Bronco offense if I can at all help it. It looked like Greg Dolchich was carving out a consistent role for himself because, you know, Russell Wilson seemed to be the only guy he could actually reach on the field. Now it's just so bad on Denver. I don't know that it matters. And you can't keep playing this guy when he's getting you like three, four points a week. And there's not much upside because not a high-scoring offense to begin with. So Greg Doltich might be seeing himself outside my top 12 the rest of the way. And it was a bad call by me to think that there should be any kind of confidence in playing him this particular week, too. But like I said, that does it for our heroes in zero. So let's dive into our waiver saviors. Waiver saviors. All right. So as always, we take the uh, players that are under 50% owned on average on the major platforms. We put them into a nice little waiver wire list for you. And like I said earlier in the show, you've probably reached a point now in your leagues where the trade deadlines have come and gone. So now the only way you can get better is by picking up waivers and we're also at the point of the year where there's not a ton to go after too but there are some names to think about so let's th- let's let's kick this thing off with the quarterbacks of course jimmy g 49% owned <laughs> just your quintessential spot start yet we had one game on monday night where we went for four touchdowns in the game this past week where he goes for one okay 
it's part of the gig with Jimmy G. He is a guy that's going to continually finish as a 12 to 16 type of quarterback. And this week coming up against the Miami Dolphins, where I expect there to be some points scored in that matchup, he might he's still not a bad streamering option there either. Don't expect a ceiling, but he can get the job done. I'm much more tantalized, of course, by Deshaun Watson, who's still only 43% owned on average. So he's still actually more available in leagues out there. I don't know what he's going to be after two years on hiatus, basically. I, I get it. But we do know what his talent level is. We do know what the Cleveland Browns have for weapons, which is it's not shoddy. So take the shot on a Deshaun Watson thinking maybe he can hit his upside ceiling, especially the first game back in revenge against Houston Texans. You don't think he's been ready for this one for a while? I take the shot there. And he actually has upside moving forward for the rest of the season on top of it, too. So if he's available, I would go ahead and pick up Deshaun Watson if you've been streaming quarterbacks. The other guy, and I probably would have him ranked a little bit ahead of Jimmy G, frankly, Mike White. I don't think Mike White is a tremendously talented football player, but what does he do well? He gets the ball of his hands quick, and he hits the hot read. And in this offense, with the way it's built, a Shanahan-like offense, that's all you need to do as a quarterback to be productive, especially when you have good weapons like the Jets do as pass catchers available to you around you, where you can allow them to make the yards after the catch. Mike White had a great game. Yes, it was Chicago. I don't care. We've seen Mike White have good games already going back to last year. This isn't necessarily something new. And what we see is the same thing every time. It's the first hot read. as a check down off of that. And with this offense, especially with the way the defense has been playing as of late, that's good enough to establish a fantasy football floor, a guy that consistently is probably going to get you about two touchdowns and 250 yards. That gives you right there, bada bing, bada boom, at least a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 floor. Now, if you add anything extra on that, get a couple big plays, maybe have to have some volume. Now, all of a sudden, we're we're talking about top 10 quarterback. That's why I finished the top three this past week. So Mike White, 3% owned, definitely a guy you'd be picking up in streaming going into this week. But that's it for the quarterback. So let's move into the running backs. Samaja Perrine's 49% owned, so that's that's why he makes the cut. There's a lot of talk that Joe Mixon's heading in the right direction for Sunday, but if you're Joe Mixon owner and you don't have Samaja Perrine, you, you need to go pick him up. Because what we saw this past week just kind of confirms anything we, we thought about before. was Would this be a committee? No, it's not. It is Perrine's backfield if Joe Mixon's not out there. So therefore, he's a very... One-for-one one handcuff, very valuable. You need to go ahead and get if you have Joe Mixon. Gus Edwards, once again, makes my list of 40%. I know J.K. Dobbins gets his window open. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll be back this week. And when Dobbins comes back, all it means is that Kenyon Drake disappears. Gus Edwards, is a touchdown dependent? Yeah, sure. But is he still an RB3 at a viable flex play? Absolutely. So he still should be more than 40% owned. Darrell Henderson. So the, the good news, I have to say, is that it sounds like Travis Etienne has a good shot to come back and play. They said he was medically clear. They just decided to play it safe with him. So I, I don't think we're not going to see Etienne this upcoming week. But we were an ankle injury away from suddenly Darrell Henderson being the starting Jacksonville Jaguar running back heading into week 13. 
eh, if I'm the Etienne owner and you got a spot, I might look to pick up Darrell Henderson just just kind of handcuff myself a little bit just in case to see how this week goes in practice. And, of course, then Alexander Madison follows that boat at 23%. Jalen Warren, who's a little more interesting because he could actually be the starting running back, potentially, depending upon what's going on with Najee Harris, if he can come back from his hamstring injury. So Jalen Warren, somebody to keep in mind when it comes to that handcuff round two. And then Mark Ingram. We, we got to see what's going on with Kamara. It doesn't sound like it's anything too serious. Definitely not a given the, that he's going to miss this week or anything like that. It sounds like he has a pretty good chance to suit up. But... With this point in the season, Saints have a bye the following week, but also not much to play for anymore at this point. You do have to start to question, all right, will you continue just to play Kamara for the sake of playing Kamara too? That that does become a question. So something we'll have to see. They do play the Monday night game, so keep that in mind. We probably won't get a practice update on them until Thursday, but that might be a, a, a bigger reason why you want to go ahead and own a Mark Ingram and pick up the guy kind of like that just to have just in case you want to wait till the Monday night game and find out, oh, uh-oh, Kamara's not active. You have a backup plan. I don't love Mark Ingram, of course, but a backup plan nonetheless. And then we got Zonovan Knight. So did they get some good news on Michael Carter? It's a low ankle sprain. That still could mean he misses this game. And James Robinson was a healthy scratch. Now I have the figure of Michael Carter misses the game. James Robinson will be activated, but Zonovan Knight, it wasn't like he got brought in because, like, oh, well, you play special teams and James Roms has not been that great. So they decided to, you know, make him not active because he's to play special teams and just rotate between Carter and Ty Johnson. That wasn't the case. Zonovan Knight played James Robinson's role as the committee, as an early down back. Like, just flat out played the role, which to me means. James Robinson's lost all his juice that he had at any point. And even the Jets now are like, eh, we'd rather play this guy that we've had on our practice squad forever over you now. I'm not saying I'm picking up Zonovan Knight and, you know, itching to play him, but if Michael Carter misses a week and they don't have any faith in James Robinson, Ty Johnson, of course, would be involved and be more the pass catching back. But Zonovan Knight could be the lead back. I think it's worth a speculative ad to see how this thing plays out, at the very least. Depending upon your your you know your situation on running back. Let's move into wide receiver. I only have three. There's other wide receivers out there for, for one reason or another. If you're in an emergency situation, you probably could pick them up and spot start them. But for me, I'm looking for guys that definitively make my team better. There's three. There's and these three guys, by the way should be priorities over any running back, any quarterback, any tight end this week. First of all, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 42% owned. How is he not over 50% owned by now? I know he wasn't uberly involved this past week, but he's shown that he's grown as a wide receiver. He does have a significant role within this offense, especially in particular matchups. And now Deshaun Watson back... He has a bigger ceiling because the big the big bombs, again, I'm telling you, he's going to get used like Will Fuller. That's back on the table. He should be owned. The guy who should be the priority over everybody on this list, I can't believe he's still not owned in more leagues, Traylon Burks, 37% of leagues. Are you kidding me? Traylon Burks, who legitimately could be a league winner for the stretch run because he legitimately has Top 12, I said it, top 12 potential with his role and his athletic ability for the rest of the year. 
What are we doing? How is Traylon Burks not owned in more leagues? Go get him. Whatever you got left in your fab, your priority, go get him if he's available. And then Van Jefferson. I'd like it better if John Wolford's a starter. I think Wolford will be the starter moving forward. He did practice in full last week. They just they kind of already set that Bryce Perkins taking all those first team reps was going to go. The Rams have to do something offensively. Somebody has to score. There's garbage time to be had. There's negative game scripts to be had. Allen Robinson's out the way. Van Jefferson, I don't know how many targets it's going to be as far as the number goes, but I know the target share will be high in his favor, and they do have some favorable matchups coming up. So Van Jefferson at 15% owned, he's a guy who should be a main priority waiver to go get. That's all you know about the wide receivers. Go get those three. Tight ends, I only have one. Because everybody else is kind of like the same. There's like, eh, it depends upon this, depends upon that. It could be a streaming option, but not really. There's only one guy I'm interested in, and that's Tyler Conklin. Now, his targets didn't necessarily go up. He only had three targets, but got hit down the field a little bit more. And they played the Minnesota Vikings this week. One of the top best four teams that you could play your tight ends against and give up touchdowns routinely to the tight end position. Tyler Conklin is an interesting stream heading into week 13 if you're looking for a tight end play, especially now with Mike White under center. That does it for the show, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you're able to take these tidbits, get better going into next week because it's, it's basically playoff season here. We got two regular season games left, so everybody's in crunch mode. Make sure you're tuning in at 10 p.m. Eastern on both Wednesday and Thursday for the look ahead and clairvoyant episodes previewing week 13 split up into those two episodes and of course we'll be back on friday with the cashing with the cashing friday show talk about our dfs and our lock bets of the week with chaz filardi and chris dowhauer guys subscribe to our youtube channel that we get notified whenever we get new content available to you download us on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the show when you're on the go download us on the foxy network app on your lg samsung Roku, or amazon fire tv device to catch us on demand I hope every guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.